when you talk to managers, managers will say that the number one thing that employees want is better pay and job security. But when you ask employees what they need, they will consistently say, thank you for a job well done. Coming up, Ariane talks with Chester Elton, co-author of the best-selling book, The 24-Karat Manager, next on Change Nation from the first 30 days. I'm Ariane, and welcome to the first 30 days. Our interview today is focused on the first 30 days of being an effective manager. Joining me is Chester Elton. He's been called the Apostle of Appreciation. He's also the co-author of a wonderful book called The Carrot Principle, and also the co-author with Adrian Gostick of a couple of other books, The 24 Carrot Manager and The Invisible Employee. His books have been translated into over 20 languages. They've sold over half a million copies worldwide. Elton's been featured in numerous national media outlets, including CNN, The Washington Post, The Wall Street Journal, NPR. Chester, it's a true pleasure. Welcome to the first 30 days. Oh, thank you very much. It's a pleasure for me to be here. So, Chester, I have your book in front of me, The Carrot Principle. And I guess my first question right off the bat is, what is The Carrot Principle? <laughs> well, a great question. Uh, the current principle basically is based on research that we did to prove the point that when you reward people and you accentuate the positive in the work, in other words, you use more carrots or positive reinforcement as opposed to sticks, which is the negative reinforcement, people are more loyal, they're more engaged, they're more uh, productive and more profitable to your organization. Pretty simple, actually. It is pretty simple. Do you find that a lot of companies out there have a carrot culture or is it really in a minority? Well, that's, a, that's another great question. I, I think what it really comes down to is we really focus our work on the manager-employee relationship. Um, there are companies that have great strategies, but the execution of those strategies as far as valuing their employees and implementing recognition strategies and so on really comes down to that manager-supervisor relationship. And so there really are a lot of managers out there that still don't really understand the basic principles of building that esprit de corps, encouraging people in using recognition properly. So it, it's not a company-wide thing so much as coming down to being that good, that good manager, and there are a lot of managers out there that need help. Do you think that recognition is the number one thing that employees want? Well, you know what they say is when you, when you talk to managers, managers will say that the number one thing that employees want is a better pay and job security. But when you ask employees what they need, you know, they will consistently say, thank you for a job well done. You know, they want that encouragement. Uh, pay gets them in the door, but the recognition and the encouragement really wins over their hearts and minds. Give me an example of something that a manager must absolutely do to set up this kind of tone and culture with the employees that they manage. Well, you know, in our practice as we coach managers, we, we emphasize uh, two basic principles that I think that your listeners can, can readily adapt. One is we talk about being frequent, specific, and timely, that you need to be frequent in your praise. You know, if you want to build a relationship, it's a daily kind of thing. A lot of research has been done that, you know, uh, top employees need some kind of encouragement at least once every seven days, but not general praise. You know, general praise has no impact on people. You've probably had somebody say, hey, great job. Hey, you're doing a great job. <laughs> you know, or, hey, you rock. Love the hair. Um, it doesn't mean anything to anybody, but if you're very specific in your praise, thanks for staying late and making sure that it was done in a timely way. Thank you for you know, taking care of that customer. That's what we uh, 
talk about customer service being very specific in your praise. That means a lot to people. And then not to wait till the end of the week or the end of the quarter or the end of the year, but to do it right now. Recognition is a great communicator, and when you do things right away, it communicates that it's a value. You know, I do important things right now. So that basic building block of being frequent, specific, and timely in your praise and recognition becomes a very important building block for managers to understand right from the get-go. Is there something specific that employees can do or, or tell their managers that this is working to encourage more of it? Well, I would say give them a copy of our book. <laughs> but, you know, I think that uh, one of the best ploys that actually an employee came to me with was she said, you know, it's interesting. A lot of times we're very employee-focused. What does the employee want? What does the employee need? And when was the last time I was saying, well, when was the last time you thanked your manager? You know, that's also a great question. You know, write your manager a little thank you note. Give your manager a little verbal praise. And then, you know, you're surprised at, at, at the impact that has and help build your own what we call a carrot culture or a culture of recognition. So, Chester, if, if someone was recently promoted to being a manager and, and suddenly found themselves with a team of people that were reporting to them, what would you recommend or coach them? What do the first 30 days of managing new people look like where we're trying to already set up this foundation of recognition, of encouragement, of praise? Well, you know, I would even start before that first day. Uh, a lot of great managers on their way to a team will make sure they've dropped a note or made a phone call before they get there and have some interesting conversations about the employee's strengths and expectations, you know. Um, if you're the manager coming in, it's nice to be able to set up a meeting right away. You know, there's nothing more foreboding than a new manager that comes in and you don't hear from them for at least three or four days while they're behind closed doors uh, scheming what you're, what you're sure is your uh, ultimate demise, <laughs> you know. I would uh, meet with the employees right away. I'll tell you a great um, practice that we've implemented in a lot of our training that we got from a wonderful manager up in Massachusetts, actually. Uh, she put together a recognition survey, and I thought this was really brilliant. What she did is she put together a series of about eight or nine questions asking the employee when they you know, did something great and was going to be rewarded, how did they want to be rewarded? You know, what What name did you want to use in the, in the presentation? Did you want it to be public or private? What kinds of things would you like to be rewarded with? Is it time off? Is it food? Is it merchandise and so on? And then the last question, which I thought was particularly brilliant, was if you had a day to do anything you wanted to do, what would you do? And she passed this out right on the first day when she came in. Well, what she communicated to the employees was, hey, listen, we want to be high achievers. We're going to have fun while we do it, and when you perform, you're going to be rewarded, and when you're going to be rewarded, it'll be in a meaningful and very personal way. So once she got that information, she got some really nice insights into her employees, their expectations, and then had all the information she needed so that when she saw something going really well, that she could reward them and, and build that esprit de corps. I think that's a wonderful practice. Just right from day one, ask people what their expectations are. Brilliant. I love it. Chester, one of the other things I read about you is you um, participated in a breakthrough study and research of, I believe, 200,000 people. Am I right? Yeah, it was actually it was 230,000 uh, people in the database that we used. We also did focus groups. We looked at companies that were best in class to really formulate, you know, these recognition strategies that we put in our new book, The, uh, the Carrot Principle. Did you find specific advantages that you were able to trace to business performance? 
Yes, and see, that, that really was what, um, you know, as we put the book out for different reviews, we were really pleased the Wall Street Journal came back and said, finally, somebody has drawn a hard line from engaged and highly rewarded employees to profitability. In fact, what we found was is there was a great piece of the data that we were able to extract in, in companies that rewarded excellence, that were high rewarders of excellence. And what we wanted to know in this group of 26 different organizations, actually it was 31 organizations, 26,000 surveys, is did their financials look better? And in return on equity and return on assets in both those categories, the high recognizing companies had a, a three to one advantage in their financials on return on assets and return on equity as opposed to the low recognizers of excellence. So yes, it's not just a nice thing to do anymore. Pretty much if you're going to be a good and effective leader in today's business world, it's not a nice to have. It really is a must have if you're going to succeed. And I guess my following question is for, for employees that are either not happy or eventually leave a company, have you done research on actually tying it to this issue? Well, yeah. In fact, the Society for Human Resource, which is like the world's largest human resource organization, surveyed employees and asked them what was the number one reason why you left the organization. The anticipation for most people was is it would be for more pay. Uh, the number one answer, actually 79%, so basically 8 out of 10 people said it was lack of recognition and appreciation, which is a shockingly high number when you think about it. Amazing. For people who are listening to this who might be limited in what to do specifically, I mean, we've, we've heard the congratulating people, thanking people. I know it's from your book, and I'd love you to share a few of them here. What are some original ways, new ways, fresh ways that, employees might not be expecting to be recognized and that truly have an impact and make a big difference? Well, another great question. You know, we, we actually dedicated a whole chapter to about 125 of these fun ideas that we got from different clients and so on. And uh, One that I liked in particular was that, uh, you know, if you're in a position where you travel a fair amount, uh, let the employee take their spouse on a, on a business trip. You know, hopefully it's a, a nice place, <laughs> you know, and while you're in the meetings, uh, let your spouse uh, go golfing or, or shopping or whatever it might be that they, they would like to do, and then perhaps tack on an extra day. I mean, it's really interesting when companies involve families in the business, how much more dedicated and engaged their employees are. All of a sudden now your spouse meets your bosses in a nice informal setting. Maybe there's a nice dinner. They get a feel for where the business is going. They have an appreciation for how important their spouse or significant other is to the business, and there's a nice little reward there. Um, that's been very popular and, um, and, and good fun. The other one that, that I love is anything you can do for an employee's family. You know, I work for a recognition company, the OC Tanner Recognition Company. So you can imagine, I get a lot of recognition. This is what we do. Um, and so when I get recognition, I, I, I always appreciate it. However, when you do something nice for my family, I really appreciate it. You know, uh, lawn service, for example, you know, I travel a lot. And to have somebody show up uh, because my, my boss has said, hey, I know that you probably haven't had time to do as much lawn work. We don't want your wife to be overburdened. And, uh, you know, a crew shows up and uh, cleans up all the leaves and, and mows the lawn. It's 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 awesome. Or you know that, it, that a child's team has, has won the uh, baseball trophy or the soccer tournament or whatever. And you come by and you remember those kinds of things. There are some really fun things that you can do. And, and again, I kind of come back to this survey. The way you find out how to do those things is ask your employees. Now, I, I would be remiss if I didn't come back to an old standard. Everybody's kind of looking for new and the latest and greatest. But I will tell you that the most impactful thing you can do, and it's very inexpensive, 
is go out and buy a stack of 20 thank you notes and get in the habit on a regular basis of dropping handwritten thank you notes to your employees and mailing them to their homes. The reason you mail it to the home, again, is to get the family involved. But there's something that is really nice about a handwritten, very thoughtful, and again, very specific, not just great job with a big exclamation point, but uh, that goes to a home that really makes it worthwhile. And where we have managers that have simply done that, they've written us and told us that the impact was way beyond their expectation. The other nice thing about a handwritten thank you note, it takes you 90 seconds to write. I mean, I've literally timed it, and that's if you're writing slow and you're moving your lips, you know what I'm saying? So it really is an easy and yet very effective and very thoughtful and much appreciated thing to do. Chester, other than recognition, what would your top three tips be to an effective manager? Our basis really always comes back to um, how does a high recognition manager excel? And in the book, what we found was is that managers that were rated as highly uh, high recognizers, there were four leadership characteristics that popped out. We call them the basic four. We found they were better communicators. They were better goal setters. They had high uh, levels of trust, and they held people accountable way above the norm. So, I mean, if you were looking for me to say, well, what are three pretty important building blocks of a manager? First off, I think you have to engender trust. And nothing engenders trust in an employee when you share credit or give credit for an employee's work. And, again, that comes back to recognition. But, again, the employees in the breakout groups that we looked at said, well, how did your manager break trust? With you, because we know in the workplace, if you don't have a trusting environment, you, you basically have nothing. And one of the one of the most common answers was, well, my manager took credit for my work. So you know that's that's a big pitfall. So you know, I would say, look, learn to be a good communicator. You know, be a good storyteller. Give recognition. Set clear and concise goals, and when you reach those goals, celebrate. You know, hold people accountable, but do it in as as a positive a way as you can often, particularly new managers, to, to kind of show that they know what's going on. They're quick to point out where you, what you did wrong. And, and that's sort of, you know, by, by pointing out what you did wrong and showing you that I know what's right, somehow I'm elevating myself. But you're elevating yourself on the shoulders of a negative experience. So, again, hold people accountable, you know, in, in, a, very, in a very positive way. So I love the goal-setting, communication, trust, and, and hold people accountable. If you can master those four basic areas and – overlay recognition in each one of those, your odds of succeeding, I think, go way up. Jester, I guess the flip question to that is, and I think you gave us one, which is not taking credit for other people's work. What would you say are the top three or four things that make a manager ineffective at at taking care of people and and really leading them in the right direction? Well, managers that that don't communicate on a regular basis, you know, uh, that are constantly sort of updating and giving the information that people need to, to succeed. The biggest uh, downfall uh, in managers that I see is, and they use the excuse of no time. Uh, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. And basically what they do is nothing. You know, managers that really take it upon themselves, they're not good delegators. They're not good recognizers. They're not good communicators. They really take it upon themselves to sort of do everything and, and leave their teams out in, out in the cold. And, you know, this, this idea of I just don't have time is, is just not acceptable. It, it doesn't take a lot of time to do these kinds of things. And, and, you know, good managers make time to do it. Great managers make it a regular habit. Wonderful. Chester, we usually end off all of our expert interviews with uh, three signature questions on change. And so here they are. Number one is what is the belief that you personally go to during times of change? 
Well, I, I am very religious. I'm a very devout Mormon and, and devout Christian. And I go to my family and my faith. You know, when I find myself in, 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 in great times of change, and it's very appropriate, actually, that you ask me that question right now. Uh, just two days ago, uh, my father passed away. He's 87 years old, uh, John Dalton Elton. And uh, just you couldn't dream up a better uh, husband, uh, father, um, friend. I mean, he just was... Uh, just a beacon, and you go through those kinds of change. You know, it doesn't have to be in business. It can be personal, and I think that's when you come back to your bedrock faith. What is your life about? What do you want to be remembered for? And it's interesting. I, I think my father would be chagrined if he was remembered as a great manager of broadcast radio stations in Canada, which is what he did for a living for 40 years. I think he would want to be remembered as a great father and uh, and a great friend, and and he is, and that's where I go. I go to my faith, and I go to my friends and my family. Thank you for sharing that with us, making me emotional just hearing that, and thank you for agreeing to be interviewed so so close to his passing, and we send him and your family and everyone who knew him really our true best. Just our, our last two questions. Fill in this sentence for us. The best thing about change is... The adventure. <laughs> I, I, I love change. I embrace change. In fact, it drives my wife crazy. In fact, um, you know, I, uh, my, my grandfather on my mother's side, uh, Byron Tanner, it was so fun. We used to go up to his ranch every day. And he was always very restless. And we'd be sitting there in this wonderful log cabin he'd built and the fire blazing. And he would get up and say, well, let's get the hell out of here and do something. <laughs> so I think change is the adventure. I, I love the unknown, the, ex- the unexpected. I, and I think you know, if you embrace change as an adventure, you know, meeting new people, learning new things, I think it's very exciting and you go in with a much more positive attitude. What is the best change that you've ever made? Best change I ever made is when I asked my wife to marry me. <laughs> and she <laughs> I, said yes. And she, and she said yes. Yeah, and I didn't have to ask twice, actually. That was probably very positive. Um, no, I've been happily married to, to Heidi uh, Olson for uh, 24 years. We'll celebrate a quarter of a century next year. And uh, I, the, the best change I ever made in my life was to get married and start a family. We have four beautiful and exceptional children, and uh, to me, that was the, the best change I ever made. Wonderful. Chester, thank you. Thank you from everyone here at the first 30 days. Um, thank you for sharing your insights on the first 30 days of being an effective manager. And to everyone listening, Chester's book is The Carrot Principle. And for more insights on Chester and his work, visit his website, and that is www.carrots.com. I'm Ariane. Thanks for listening. And for other interviews on various life changes, please visit us on our website at first30days.com. Thanks for listening to Change Nation from the first 30 days. Please visit us on iTunes in the Society and Culture podcast section under Philosophy. Remember to take time to leave us feedback about the show. We'd love to know what you think. Change Nation is a production of the First 30 Days Incorporated. Copyright 2008. All rights reserved.